Hi everybody, it's Andy Phillips here and welcome to the Progaxia podcast and uh, if you're watching on YouTube you can see that I've got three members of a five member band and this is the Fire Meadow. Hi guys, how you doing? Okay. Good, thanks Andy. Uh, All good? Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent, excellent. Um, Now before I go into this, when this is without blowing smoke, I'm actually becoming quite a fan of the Fire Meadow. Got into it with uh, Foreign Land and uh, I've just sort of gone back in the in the back catalogue and I'm, I'm loving it. But Foreign Land really did blow me away. So uh, just get that out. I'm a fan. <laughs> I really, really love the album. Um, and me and Elliot have been speaking for, God, it must be, what, a, a, nearly a year now, Elliot, isn't it? God blow me, yeah, it is. Because it's, it's, it's getting on for you. Lockdown, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, beginning of lockdown. We had a, a podcast with, uh, with uh, John Camp and Chris Gill, didn't we? Talking yep. about 1971. <laughs> Yes, uh, which is a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so let's get into this. Um, the, I think the first thing that I want to sort of go through uh, is for anybody who hasn't heard you guys, uh, don't know much about you guys. How did the band get together? I think probably Paul and, and Elliot go with that one because you were the like, original members and stuff like that. Go on, Paul. You, you, you do. You go for it. Well, it's nothing to do with me, was it? It was you. <laughs> he just it wandered in. <laughs> you started it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> no. We so we previously we'd been um, a band called Blind Panic, and um, the um, we uh, we did we lost our drummer uh, um, uh, a while back, and uh, uh, we've been rehearsing some new stuff, and um, we needed a new drummer, and our guitarist at the time, John Barry, mm. um, brought this guy along, who's on the bottom left hand corner of my screen. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And um, the rest is history, I guess. Uh, it, actually, Paul probably he, he didn't actually like. You didn't actually enjoy it. You you, you said to us, um, I think I remember uh, giving you a ring afterwards and or asking John how did Paul like the band, and he said, no, nah, he, he, he he didn't like it or something. But <laughs> uh, but, but John said, but that's good because he, he he could he could find ways of improving it. I think that was the. Uh, I never like anything, though, do I? No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> so, I mean, it was uh, John Barry. Um, we were playing with a guy called Phil Martin. I don't know whether anyone knows Phil Martin. Keyboard player, good keyboard player. And he had this really kind of interesting, you know, really very proggy stuff. And he had various people in there playing it. And John was the guitarist. And... Uh, that's how he. That's how he found out about me, and I found out about him. If you see what I mean. And unfortunately, the project with Phil didn't come to anything. Although I know he's, Phil Martin's still out there doing stuff, um, and I hope he is too because he's great. Uh, but that's where John uh, caught my eye, and when he phoned me to say, you know, do you want to come along for rehearsal with this band I play with? Sometimes I said, yeah, that would be good. And um, that, that, yeah, as Elliot said, that's that's how it all started. And yeah, it was. Uh, I, I can remember that day just about. Yeah, <laughs> I know we played, um, uh, and I think um, shortly after that, um, so we had we had the original bass player and the singer uh, uh, Jim, who's on the first on the first album. Um, knock, knock, and <laughs> uh, he. Um, and what happened was Paul moved to. Uh, moved up to Nottingham, uh, so he can play. So we needed a bass player. That's uh, the other pool, by the way. Yeah. Keith, Keith arrived, um, and um, 
Keith was amazing because he played the stuff. I remember him coming in. <laughs> we, he'd listen to the he'd listen to the recording. I think and he just played it just absolutely off pat. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, um, he had a brilliant, really good, uh, amazing memory. Yeah, um, just really, really stunning. We're just looking at each other, saying he knows this stuff better than we do, and he's supposed to be the one <laughs> doing doing the audition. I'm trying to learn the parts. Yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, so, so then Keith arrived, and then we um, we put an advert in for a guitarist because we didn't have a guitarist at the time. John John Barry was um, he was going between different things, and I think he, he was trying to um, lead a life in, in the New Forest at the time. I think as well, so it was it was proving difficult. So we got um, so we put an advert out, and um, <laughs> and Dennis arrived <laughs> as one we of didn't, our. He didn't answer the advert. He doesn't answer. No, we, we say hello to him either. <laughs> it's uh, I can't remember how we managed to persuade him. He he had a lot of videos online, yeah. and we we'd found some, hadn't we? And we were thinking, oh, that guy's brilliant. He would never want to play with us. <laughs> but we were wrong about that as well. Luckily, I, I remember seeing, there, was, there was something online. There was um, he played this kind of fusion track, and it was unbelievable. It just blew blew us. I mean, blew us all away. Yeah, as Paul said, we said, "Well, well, we'll yeah, I'll, I'll give him a ring, but there's no way he's gonna, he's gonna." <laughs> <want> to <play." laughs> and he finally came down, and after after the rehearsal, we thought, "Well, he's still not going to join us." And he came back. And he said he loved the music, and um, and, and in fact, we asked him afterwards. He said, "Why did you join Far Meadow? You know, he's a sort of professional." Um, and he said, um, "He said, well, it was." Uh, he said, "I just love the music, and I love what you were doing." So there you go. That's yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah. And Margarita, I mean, you, you come in on the uh, on yeah. the second album, um, mm. given, any, given the impossible, and obviously you sing on uh, Foreign Land as well. But uh, I hear that you wasn't really a vocalist before. They hadn't actually done too much of that before. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't a vocalist before I joined the Far Meadow. I um I started off sort of quite late in life singing. Um, I started writing a few little songs. Um, I played the guitar a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I just thought, well, I might as well join a band. <laughs> and I found, <laughs> I found the Far Meadow. <laughs> and that's how it all started. So how did you find these guys? I mean, how did you get together? So I answered an ad on Gumtree that they were looking for a vocalist. Um, I didn't really know much about them. Um, but after listening to one of their um sort of their tracks i thought oh they sound like they're really good and accomplished so yeah i went along to the audition and um they, they wouldn't let me leave <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> I had lunch and then uh yeah it was like a five-hour audition um and yeah and then it just all kind of happened from there i was happy with them what they were doing they seemed to like me so yeah uh here i am still seven years later <laughs> Survival I mean, Studios, that was. I was, yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's still there. It was bulldozed. Yeah. No, it's closed down now. Yeah. Survival? Is that, that's not the one in Acton, is it? Yes, yeah. that's the one in yeah. Acton. <laughs> we recorded one of our albums there. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, okay. okay. Small yeah. That was a long time ago. That was like 1983 or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the smell of Survival Studios, though. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> no, I mean I must say it's probably the most disgusting, disgusting toilets and mm. whatever that you've ever seen. But it's all right. 
the guy that was there, what's his name? Remind me. Ken. <laughs> He's, uh, he was a great guy. Uh, he actually came to one of our first, well, he came to the first gig we did with Margarita, which was in this really, really echoey pub. And, of course, like most publicans, they said, yeah, 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 come on down, it'll be fine. And, of course, as soon as we started playing, they thought, oh, my God, we're going to wake, we're going to wake up the neighbourhood and all the ancestors if we're not careful. What was the first was It was the Grosvenor in uh, Hanwell, Hanwell, I think. In Hanwell, right. Yeah. 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 Right there as well. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, back to Margarita's audition, it was just amazing because, um, again, it's a bit like, you know, all, all, all three people, we, we replaced three really, really excellent people. All of them were great. The singer was great. John Barry was great. He played a solo on a big, big train track, I think. I think it's the one about the goalkeeper. Uh, something, something, Billy shouts mine. One of that track, I think it's him. Um, so they obviously thought very highly of him. And, and Paul Malatrat was an absolutely phenomenal bass player. And we got so lucky with our replacements. It was untrue. So to have Dennis to replace John yeah. was amazing. Keith with his sort of amazing memory and, uh, you know, great style to replace Paul Malatrat. And Margarita mm. to replace Jim. I mean, Jim was a really good singer. It's... <laughs> <laughs> an interesting personality <laughs> and uh, but when margarita turned up and started singing the way she does in the audition we we you know we didn't want to let her go actually it was just thought <laughs> keep her here for as long as possible and uh, we were we were always quite grateful that she hadn't just sort of turned straight round and gone out again we haven't got any self-confidence guys that's our problem well, I mean, we need, to, we need to believe in ourselves more here I, I, I think also the um, the fact is the um, uh, you know I think it was so different. We we didn't know what it was going to sound like with a female voice as well. Some, yeah, some of the stuff. And I think you you know out of anyone you've you've kind of had more influence on the style probably that we've that, that that we've gone through. I mean we've taken a lot of. I mean your your style was pretty folky as you said. Yeah. Growing up on Greek music, sort of thing, and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what we what we found really really amazing, I think, was your you know Margarita's sense of timing because um, it was um, you know some of the some of the stuff we do obviously odd time signatures, typical prog stuff, and yet you know you slip uh, Margarita just slipped straight into it, no no problem with the timing at all. Sort of it's really impressive. But, uh, Definitely yeah. the Greek, the Greek influence there with the yeah, yeah, funny, so. folky time signatures. <laughs> there, yeah. there is one one we're working on is in nine eight, so that should be a home from home for you. Yeah. So, which one's that? Uh, <laughs> it's called at the moment. It's called Why Can't We Get Out? Oh yeah, yeah. It's the middle it's section. Nine, it is nine eight actually. Yeah. Why am I the only one that knows it's in nine eight? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather not know. <laughs> That's probably the best. Because yeah. one thing that sort of struck me when I, when I, I, I as I say, I entered with Foreign Land, you know, that was the, the album I sort of came in, in at. And uh, it's very, I listen to a lot of prog. I listen to lots and lots of new prog as well, as well as lots of old stuff, as you know, for the show and things. Um, and it was the thing that sort of, uh, hooked me in straight away was things like, you know, the composition was really good. You know, you don't normally get is there's loads of prog bands out there that can play well, 
you know, great musicianship and blah, blah, blah. Me and Elliot have talked about this before, about you know, sort of, there's loads of great musicians out there. Um, but it's a bit of a transition between just being good mus- musicians and having really good compositions with hooky, hooky lines, you know, like lines that actually hook you in. And um, and that's one of the things from Marguerite, what, what I, I noticed about you was the, uh, the melodies are really, really good and they flow across stuff, which is it's not easy to do you know and again i'm not blowing smoke i'm just and this is how it came over to me when i first started listening to it compositions were really good um time signatures didn't sound like they were they were awkward Mm. it just it felt like it was that's how it's meant to be which is how it should be you know it should not feel like it's a um, you know like in seven eight or or whatever you know it's just just sound like a really good track and that's what it sounded like to me and and all the things were very the composition, as I say, was really good, and the melody lines were really good. I mean, when you first started singing, singing on this stuff, and sort of singing over this with, you know, you got your lyrics there, you got, you know, got a microphone in front of you. How the hell did you approach that? <laughs> um, gosh, that's that's quite a big question. Um, I think by not really, because I, like I said, I, I don't really come from a, a musical background I don't read sheet music or um I wasn't that aware of different time signatures so maybe just by not really knowing and just going with the feel of the music instead of thinking about it too much it kind of just was natural yeah pretty much um yeah I mean I I think because you know well when I came in a lot of the stuff was was written most of the stuff was written anyway so it was um yeah just sort of you know coming in and sort of putting some melodies on top of vocal melodies on top of what was already there. Um, yeah. I mean, me and Elliot worked together on that um, a lot, sort of um, one-on-one and then we'd go back to the band and, you know, all play together. There's, there's a lot of input from everyone. So I think probably that's why, you know, we sound like we're all really into it because we're all involved somehow in the creation of it. I think what what typically come up. I mean, last tracks that we've done, where you come up with a you know, really nice melody and and got the basics of the song, <laughs> and I've gone in and <laughs> progged it up. <laughs> so, yeah. so the chords the chords change, but the, the the feel of it, we try and keep the feel. I mean, we try and keep the feel the same, and then I I, I think it depends which track we're talking about. I think mm. it has been myself and you, Margarita, just just doing stuff but then i think um the instrumental bits we tend to write more as a as a band but the things are going to change i think you know we're we're trying to yeah we're trying to rehearsal yeah when we have a rehearsal no but the um but i think there are i think there are different ways of working and that's what we're going to kind of experiment with i think Mm. going forward so i don't think we've ever actually said um that anything should be in a particular time signature. It yeah. always seems to be, it has to be that way. We end up, we play five a lot for some reason, seem to get into five quite a bit. So it's a nice one. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it isn't, it's never kind of willful. We don't say, oh, that would be better in seven, eight. Yeah. <laughs> we just sort of change the notes around a bit and we end up with something that is what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, we often say to ourselves, oh, "What you know? What is that time signature?" Because we don't actually know at the you know when we're writing because it all happens. Kind of get it and you can play it, but no one's ever really bothered to 
just record it and then find out later what time signature we just played in. But I, I think um, I think we do we do um, uh, we do tend to uh, you know as as Paul said we don't I don't we don't think about the time signatures. It's like we've been talking before, Andy. You know where you get bands like Dream Theater who great technically, but to me there's no kind of no soul. There's no yeah. there's none of the kind of um, <laughs> it's all very intricate and not. What? Sorry, am I being? Am I being? Elliot, this is a contentious issue. These sort of things are contentious issues. Mm. You know, um, I'm sort of with you. I'm I, Dream Theater. Sometimes leave me. There's some good stuff in there, but there's sometimes it leaves me a little cold because it's just technical for the sake of technical. It feels yeah. like that to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but that's just you know subjective opinion. Mm. Uh, Paul obviously has a slightly different opinion, which is fine. This is what this is what music's all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Do I think, do I think Jordan, Jordan Rudis is a fantastic keyboard player? Yeah, he is. I just think the, the music just—they're all amazing. Yeah, they're all amazing musicians. Yeah, that absolutely are. They absolutely are. You know, and and but this is this is the whole thing about you know with uh, with progressive music. It's it is pretty subjective. You know, it's like when when I'm doing the the uh, the podcast with Paul Gooch, who's my sort of co-presenter. Um, he's a big King Crimson fan. Mm. I'm not. You know, I mean, I like some tracks, I like some albums and, you know, I, I get, I'm sort of getting into it a little bit more nowadays, but uh, it's, it's always left me a little bit, it's always been a bit disjointed for me and a bit out there. And I, I'm, you know, and I like some pretty much out there stuff, but it's just King Crimson didn't really sort of kick into me. Um, so mm. it, a lot of this stuff is really subjective. Mm. Um, but I think that the, the, the key thing for me when I was listening to you guys is that you seem to have the... Um, that same approach that some of those older prog bands have. You don't sound like those older prog bands, but you have the same sort of approach. Like, you know, uh, as I say, the composition type is, uh, is uh, you can sort of feel there's sort of Genesis and Gentle Giant sort of vibes going on, but you don't sound like any of those bands. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like taking taking the approach rather than, Trying to because there's loads of bands that sort of you know you can you can tell they're big Pink Floyd fans or the big Genesis fans and things like that. I try to explain this. I try to when I, I, I sort of introduce you guys to Paul, my co-presenter, um, and he said, "What do they sound like?" And I said, "Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just that just sounds really good music. I, I couldn't I couldn't say it sounds like Floyd or Genesis or Rush or you know yeah. all those sort of things, which I think is bloody good. Yeah. That's yeah, a big compliment. Yeah, is that is a big compliment. Yeah, we don't we don't want to sound like any anyone else. We've all got our influences, obviously, and I think I think the thing is, if if there was one band that certainly, I think probably Paul, myself, actually Dennis and Keith. I'd probably agree on is is probably UK more than anything else. UK, UK yeah, yeah. But, that first album of theirs. Yeah, I mean, if UK we were UK, it's amazing. We, yeah, we all believe that is the kind of was it the epitome of what we want to get where we want to go where we want it's, to be. It's a jazz rock album, really. You know, yeah. I hate it. You know, it's <laughs> ru- ru- rustling through stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying. Oh, there it is. And yes, we're talking about this one. Oh, yeah, that's yes. one. That's it. That's that is oh that is well if they're if they're probably more than one holy grail but that's one of them. Well, I, was, I, I was reading something about UK recently and they, that article you put round Paul um, 
and it was um, they were saying that John Wetton used to write the melodies, you know, as the vocalist, and and that's probably to, to be quite honest, that's why it, it became quite strong because it's um, because of those melodies. I think they're all choir boys that lot. I yeah, mean, the whole seventies brigade, all of them, you know, into 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 stuff when they were, you know. Little pianists or, or choristers or, or something. There's amazing wealth of, um, you know, I don't know whether we're talking about privilege here or not really, but um, it's a great big, you know, huge amount of um, education that ended up, you know, you, I don't know. I thought, I just thought you had to have long hair or something to be a musician and be a bit of a rebel, but I think. There's so many of those people are studious. Yeah. They're really studious people, you know, who have never been near, well, quite near, but they may not necessarily be taking any hallucinogens when they were doing their thing. It's all a bit of a myth, all that. So <laughs> I should imagine Holdsworth. Um, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, he really liked, liked beer, Alan Holdsworth. He's yeah. a, a fan of beer and he used to make beer. But there was a, there was a story uh, about um, Genesis when they they first started touring with the Chrysalis uh, Roadshow, and there was Linda's Farn, and I think it might have been might have been something like Van de Graaff Generator or something like that. And uh, so he was all on a tour bus, and there was Van de Graaff Generator at the back, you know, doing all the business, you know, sticking things up their nose or whatever. <laughs> um, and Genesis at the front of the bus. <laughs> reading the tour guides and looking looking out for the next church to come along and things like that to, to go and do it. And Linda Carr in the middle just wandered up and down the bus. If they wanted to get high, they go at one and if they wanted to have a bit of an intellectual conversation, they go down the other. And that probably sums up the seventies prog. Anyway, um so recording. I mean are you 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 you've talked a little about um before we came on, uh, I was talking to to Elliot about sort of you know maybe doing you've got some new stuff coming out and things like that. Anything on the new album around? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 been harder because we've not been able to get together. And um, Dennis is um, well, he's, Dennis is British, but he's also Brazilian. His family is lives in Brazil. Um, his dad, his dad is a is a pianist actually and he, he an english guy and he went to just went to brazil and stayed there so that's the connection um and he's he's currently in brazil um because mum and dad are getting on a bit and they need to be uh, helped so he's there uh, we've also been prevented from rehearsing because of the pandemic and the various different sets of rules that have been you know, handed down. Um, but we've just got the green light to rehearse again. So uh, we're having our first physical rehearsal uh, on on Saturday. And we have, I don't know, where are we? We've, I think we've got five or six songs that are either, either the structure is finished or it's close. Mm-hmm. And we've actually recorded bits and pieces for three of them. So we're not actually that far off. Um, uh, so uh, I think we're all we're all quite feeling quite positive about that. I'm really looking forward to working through those last bits, 
you know, in the rehearsal on Saturday, we'll be able to iron out some of the things that we, you know, just can't, just can't do it. In a meeting like this, it's really hard to do it in a Zoom meeting. We've been having Zoom meetings for, you know, once a week for, for ages now. And it's really difficult to iron stuff out because a lot of the, a lot of the tunes that we come up with come out of jams. We'll just be sitting around playing and something will happen and everyone will say, oh, well, we like that. So we haven't been able to do that. Hopefully we'll get a bit of that done as well on Saturday and carry on from there. So what we have, what we already have, I think everyone's really into. I think we've, we've got three songs that we're all really happy with now. And there's a, there's another one lurking there that I, I love. I think it's brilliant. Um, which is the one we are going on about the nine, eight. We haven't sorted that one out yet, but it's, it's a great tune. It's really refreshing because it's not like the other tunes. There's a lot of balance in the album where, you know, you get one of those sorts of tune, one of those sorts of tune, this, that, but they all sound like us. So really, really looking forward to this one. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to it coming out. And you say you've got some gigs coming up. Um, fingers crossed when's when's the next sort of ones that you got coming up margarita so second of july i believe is uh the prog prog for pert i think it's called uh that one's in pit and then we've got um fiddler's elbow on the 10th of july and that is Prog the Forest. Uh, Prog the Forest, yeah. So they're both sort of like mini festivals um, that we're doing. So really looking forward to that. Fingers yeah. crossed, I say. They go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Fiddler's Elbow is a great venue as well. And then we've got, right. and then yeah. November is um, Dan Fest. Are we still, are we still down for that, I think? I believe so, yeah. yeah. We're going to do fusion and one or two other things. We're, we're, we're down for fusion, but it's, I think we're down for fusion. Two thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're also, um, I think we're playing with Carabo. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> while, I, I mean, it's just it's just going to be very interesting. I mean, I, I really hope we can do these gigs in in July, but who knows? Mm. Who knows? You know. I well, think if they do go ahead, invite us down. I will. Will, you will do some stuff with you, you know, so some interviews and a bit of filming and things like that, because this is what people want to see. They like, they'd like to see a peek behind the curtain. That's yeah. What see. Yeah. That's the important thing. Listen, guys, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. I've got to let you go because I know that Elliot's uh, takeaways. <laughs> and he did say before we came on, he was a hungry, hungry hand. So, uh, <laughs> So, anyway, listen, it's been great, great to meet you guys. <laughs> Looking forward to the to, uh, new album. Please come back. You know, um, when we start gigging, it'd be great to maybe come down and sort of do some filming with you guys when you're, when you're live and stuff like that. That'd be fantastic. Um, so until then, we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.